it's very important to work hard now because I always say I work hard now very hard but I'm working for the 2033 marquees yeah. you know we're in 2023 you know 10 years later I look back like yeah I'm glad I worked hard look God told me to meet him at a runway with no parachute with no baggage leave the negativity behind ever since I've been taking off and I never looked back I'm your host Alex E. Edwards, and this is the Gem Drop Podcast. Welcome to the Gem Drop Podcast powered by Thumbprint Realty. Look, we're just like TMZ, but we don't gossip. We boss up. Today, I cannot believe I had this man in the building, the million, I'm sorry to disrespect him, the billion dollar commercial residential agent in Massachusetts, in New England, in the world. This man has been killing it. I, I believe, I'm just looking from the outside, but he's going to let us know his consistency is is like unmatched. He, he has a focus to him. When he walks into the room, when you see him on videos, it's you, you see the same focus. Uh, it's almost like he's just constantly chasing something. Like, I got to stay focused. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. Tunnel vision, tunnel vision, tunnel vision. Um, but again, I'm looking from the outside. I'll allow him to tell the world what he's doing, how he's staying so consistent, and how he's closing big deals after big deals after big deals. We have the one and only Marquise Days. How you doing, sir? Doing great, doing great. Thanks for the grand introduction, Alex. Uh, no problem, man. No problem. I'm happy you're here, right? Um, so we're going to get into your business. Yeah. Right? The fun stuff. All right. So stuff. we got we to do one thing first. We're going to put your right hand on the Mortgage Before Marriage book. All right. Do you solemnly swear to drop gems to inspire and motivate others so help you God? I do. Times two. All right. Let's get it. Here we go. All right. So Marquise, first question. Who are you? Uh, loaded question, but uh, Marquis stays real estate broker, owner of Stony Brook and Lennox Realty Advisors. Um, we're a full service real estate firm in the JP area, focused on brokering mostly multifamily investment deals. Uh, in addition to, we have a property management wing scaling into some development, and uh, we do a bunch of traditional home sales as well. But investment sales is our is our focus primarily there. Got you, got you. All right, so where did you grow up? Yeah, as you know, I'm a Dorchester guy. Um, grew up in Dorchester, and it's it's interesting. I always say, you know, grew up in Dorchester, and I remember when real estate prices in homes, the same homes in the same streets that we used to walk on, where the prices were much less, they're much more now, but I'm a Dorchester guy, and it's been interesting to see the changes in the neighborhoods and just the, develop, the actual development in the neighborhoods in general there. But I'm a Dorchester guy through and throughout. So how did you get into real estate? I was a corporate guy, actually. Mm -hmm. So um, started out in corporate America, graduated college, um, went straight into working as a corporate accountant. Mm -hmm. So Accountant? Yep. Okay. The finance part. So nine to five, um, that life was all great. Initially, I thought, you know, I was headed to be a CFO. I wanted the corner office. Um, you know, I wanted the, the, the nice office, the high office, the suite. But then I found real estate. Um, I was initially working with this big real estate firm, commercial real estate firm. These guys, they're the Harvard of real estate developers. 
they own the Prudential, Times Square Tower, um, and I was working on the finance side, and I'm looking at the balance sheet. I see the big numbers coming through. I'm like, hmm, <laughs> the, the accounting side is cool, but there's, also, there's something more, obviously, there. Um, so I ended up getting a real estate license there. I started out doing residential rentals, and the reason why is, you know, when you get into the business, you know, you're, you're not selling million-dollar homes and million-dollar buildings off the back there. You have to develop the relationships. You have to cultivate the relationships, which is very important. Um, and in Boston, the way to do that is by doing rental. Um, Boston is one of the only areas where you can go into a portal and literally you have access to 20,000 open listings. Any broker, any agent can post them. So what I did was I took 2,000 of those listings, put them up across multiple platforms, and that got my phone ringing there. Um, once my phone started buzzing, that put me in front of other developers, other investors, um, and then just to like, you know, renters, buyers, people of that nature there. Um, but that's how I actually got in by doing rental. And then eventually, um, as I built relationships, I was able to scale up to doing, you know, the multi-million dollar deals. Um, and it's interesting because the, the, the million dollar deals, you look at the million dollar deals versus doing the rental and the volume there, it, it's not really that much different. There's a different type of sophistication that goes into it, but at the end of the day, it's, it's a common theme. It's just basically hustling and the hard work um, you put into it. Got it, got it. So, so you're looking at these sheets, then you're looking at your paycheck, and you're like, wait a minute, hold on. Let me look at this sheet again. What? <laughs> and I'm doing your books, then I gotta go do my own account and look at my paycheck, <laughs> and the numbers don't look the same. What are you doing different? Right. So that's what happened? Exactly, exactly. You know, your mind, you know, you start to think bigger. And at that time, thinking big for me was being the CFO, being in the corner office. However, once I started to see, you know, there was more out there, especially when it came to real estate, mm -hmm. you know, I was like, yeah, I can start my own company, do my own thing, and uh, grow my own business and have somebody else looking at my books and maybe helping them make the transition over to real estate. And that's exactly what I did. It was easy to make that jump. Uh, for the most part there. Now, making that jump, it's not an overnight thing. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't want to advise anybody to, you know, just quit their job and jump into real mm -hmm. estate. As, as you know, as I know, mm -hmm. a lot of hard work, a lot of long nights, a lot of hours, a lot of grinding, a lot of ups, a lot of downs. But once you find a way to sort of level that playing field where you're mostly having ups, it, it makes sense there. So what I did was I transitioned out of corporate slowly. So I was working a nine to five, I was doing showings in the beginning. I was doing showings on my lunch break. I was doing showings after, you know, 5 p.m. into probably like 10 p.m. at night, writing up contracts, you know, at midnight, waking up, go to the nine to five, do it again. And then eventually, you know, my business, my brand, you know, flew through the roof and I knew it was time to transition out. I actually knew it was time when I always tell this story, like uh, one month, I think I made $150,000 in a month. This is when I was doing both rental sale business which started to scale up already. So I did 150 in a month and yeah, that told me like, all right, we need to go full, full force. Cause I feel like when I was in the nine to five, I was definitely going full force in the real estate, but that kind of opened my eyes and I was like, yeah, we need to kind of triple down, not even double down. We need to triple down on this and take it to the next level. All right, that was a gem job. Cause I, I, I don't want that to go over anyone's head. Let me just make sure I understand, right. 150,000 in 30 days, correct? In 30 days, 
in 30 days, but as you know, it probably took a month or two because it, it okay. takes a day I'm to okay. 60 we, days. You know, yeah, we call I'm it okay 60. Hundred, <laughs> we can I'm, call it I 60. I apologize. <laughs> $150,000 in 60 days. Right. How much was you making at your nine to five? Oh, nine to five, year. just about a hundred, basically off six figures. And that's a little six figures. So I basically made more than my salary in a month. You know, I made my salary in a month, more than my salary in a month there. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And you made your sa- your salary in a month and then turned around and started working on next year's salary <laughs> at that 50. 50- so you made half exactly. of next half year and I was ready to in 60 again. days. Right. And you right. was like, well, it's time. Right. It's time. It makes sense. Um, you know what I meant? I was doing something right mm-hmm. for sure. Um, and it just meant I need to pour more into my business there. Because, you know, when you're working nine to five, corporate's great. You know, it teaches you structure. Yeah. It teaches you, you know, different systems. And these are all things I took and it, it allowed me to scale up my business very fast. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, when you're an entrepreneur, when you know you just want more, because entrepreneurship isn't for everyone, yeah. but when you know you want well, more, you use corporate, you leverage what they give you and or what you learn in corporate. And then you take that and you incorporate it into your own business. And that's how you can scale up. And if, and if you stick to those principles where that you learn in, in corporate and then also relationships, I'm huge on that, the relationships you build outside while building your business, um, it's only a matter of time and that consistency there. So that consist- consistency, relationships and incorporating what you learned from other you know jobs or life experiences into your business, it's only a matter of time before your business takes off, I, I would say. Got it. Got it. So... Let's rewind. So you said Boston is the only city where you could find about, like you did 2,000 rentals, have access to access. rentals um, across the board, any brokerage. And then you took those rentals and what did you do? So Exactly, step by step. Yes. So you have access to, I would say, 20,000 rentals. Now, you don't need to post 20,000 rentals. What I did was I took a look at, all right, what areas do I want to focus mm-hmm. on? Um, you know, what developers, you know, you start to see what developers and investors are in that portal, which developers and investors I like working with, who gives me easy key access, gives me a key personally, makes it easy to show their units. So you start to take a look at, okay, you know, this is who I like to work with. These are the areas I like to work with. So you, my list was 2000 out of, let's say 2025. Now, someone can come in and they can do 500 and they can still do well. However, I'm always about just going big no matter what. So I did 2,000 listings and 2,000 listings across. Month, or 2,000 listings active, active, at active one at one time. Got you. And okay. they stay active, you know, throughout and the so, entire process there every single month. They may, you know, if they get rented, they come off. You may put some more inventory onto the market mm-hmm. there. But I only needed 2000 because 2000 was getting my phone ringing. And I, I was hitting pockets of areas where I wanted to focus on and do business in. Mm. So I took the 2000 out of, let's say, 25000 gotcha. you know, probably a little more. But I took the 2000 that I personally wanted to work on, the areas so that I personally wanted to work in. went through it all? Oh, yeah. One by one? Yep. Go through it all one by one. It's it's separated by section. So you'll have Dorchester, Roxbury, Fenway, Back Bay, Seaport, downtown Boston. Um, so I'm a Boston guy. Most of my business is done in Boston and in and around the city. So I wasn't taking anything, let's say, further south, such as Brockton, Fall River, Tyne, or further, you know, too far north. Like, you know, not going into like a New Hampshire, Salem, those areas there. I was strictly sticking on the Boston neighborhood. And the Boston neighborhood is very interesting because 
who do we have? We have students. We have the people that actually live here, that grew up here. We have corporate professionals that are switching jobs. We have people that are moving into our city by the day. Um, and we have uh, one of the best healthcare systems. So we always have different people coming here for whether it's a healthcare job, med medical school, and we have a ton of colleges in general. So um, Boston is one of those areas where your rental turnover is is amazing there. So I, I stuck with the rental part. That helped me get in front of developers. Um, I used to go into developers' offices every single day with deals, and then eventually that's how I got my face and you know my name and my brand known. And then eventually those relationships turned into you know bigger relationships where you know in the beginning I was renting buildings. Now I'm selling the buildings, um, and that just came off of one relationship, but two how I presented myself and how I presented deals as well, which is very important. Got you. So so all right, the two thousand. What what system did you use? So we're using and and in our market we call it YGL. Okay. Um, and you got listings. You got listings. Okay. Yep. So I don't think it's in all markets. I mm -hmm. know it's in Boston. I think Chicago may have it. Mm -hmm. uh, you go to any other market. You go into let's say a Manhattan market in mm -hmm. New York. They don't have a YGL, so they don't have access to all of that rental inventory there. Um, you go into other markets. They don't have access to to the listings there. So open listings are gold. So how I teach my agents that work under me is, you know, guys, you're not going to, you may not come in selling million dollar buildings off the back how I am right now. However, if, you know, real estate is one of those things where if you're just focusing on one house and that deal falls through, you only have one ball in the air. So, you know, your, your, your dreams are going to crash. You may yeah. cry from there. However, if you have multiple rentals, going and and literally you get paid with the uh with the apartment so if the apartment's four thousand dollars that's how much you're getting paid so string together three four thousand dollar deals in a in a in a week even a month that's twelve thousand dollars right there um so you know rentals is the easiest way one to get started get started mm -hmm. you have inventory so you're yep. not starting from the bottom where you have to go and convince people to give you things to to work on and then um, it also gives you a chance to meet people, learn contracts, um, and just get in front of not only clients, but developers, investors, other homeowners. Um, and then, you know, you, you start to get comfortable with the process. So you took the, the rentals off of YGL and then reposted on YGL? Repost. So you repost not on YGL. So YGL, you take it as your inventory source there. Mm -hmm. YGL is your inventory source. That's where you go for, all right. These are the places I want to work with, essentially, mm -hmm. there. Um, you're posting on Zillow. Back in the day, you know, I've been, been in the game for a minute. Craigslist. Craigslist. Uh, um, I used to post on Craigslist. Like <laughs> Craigslist. Craigslist used to be Craigslist used to be what Facebook Marketplace is now yeah. from there. But, you know, now the Facebook Marketplace, Zillow, Trulier, Zumper, um, it's a bunch of other, you know, real estate portals that syndicate out listings on the rental side. So you take... 2,000 listings and you throw them on all of those sites. And, you know, I'm, I was a big systems guy, so I wasn't the one posting the listings. It can get very tedious there. So, you know, I focus on maximizing my time because I always say my time is worth a ton of money. So what I what I did was I hired, you know, virtual assistants, um, you know, online. I would give them a list and spread across two or three people. They would post them. They focus on posting the listings Get me up to 2000 I focus on taking the calls, responding to emails, and, you know, taking care of the showings and closing the deals. So so you have 2000 out there 
on the market and someone call you, that's two thousand. Like you, you have to go. You have to say, "Hey, I'll give you a call back. Let me look it up." How did you remember? You know, did you that, remember that's all? A, that's a great question. Yeah. In the beginning, you don't remember it all. You know, when, when I'm when I'm coaching my agents, they're like, "How am I going to remember what's what and what's this?" <laughs> three months in, you'll remember your inventory. If you're a professional, yeah. three months in, you'll remember your inventory top to bottom, from streets, from the finishes, the from where every you know three, six, ten unit building is. It just sticks in your mind. So yeah. once you you know you get the um, you get the reps in, you start to learn your inventory. Yeah. You know you, you become a student of the game, so you start to learn the inventory. So then when people start to call you, all right, yeah, I'm calling about one two three Main Street, the five bed three bath unit, um, and automatically, oh yeah, the one for six thousand um, dollars. You have any questions on it, and then you can work from there because you already most likely you've been in the unit yeah. already, or you've seen it online, and you have a, a, a gist of you know where it is. And on top of that, you know, location. So you know location. So if someone says, oh, yeah, it's in Dorchester and then close to Ashmont, you can say, oh, yeah, it's close to Red Line T-Station, things yeah. like that. And then you can speak on it from and, there. And, and, you, and one you want to make sure is a co-broke too, right? That's the thing. When you're, when you're see, a lot of times, so you're not focusing on the listings that are coming straight from MLS. Mm -hmm. MLS is going to be straight co-broke. YGL, uh, you have... MLS stuff in there. However, the stuff I was focused on was the things directly coming from investor and developer. So on the developer side, you know, we focus, you know, now we focus on building the units and um, putting them out there. And an investor and a developer, most of the time, they don't know how to market a unit. Yep. They don't know how to lease a unit unless they come from real estate like how, how we do. And sometimes some of the guys still don't want to, you know, do that process there. Mm -hmm. So um, I was focusing on the part where the, it's just developer, just investor, um, oh, got you. and there's no co-broke involved. And uh, some of the times, you know, the developer or an investor is paying you, and you don't even have to get it from the from the actual renter. So there's no co-broke; it's 100% coming to you. And that's all on there. Yep. Um, that's all on there. All right. So you start out with rentals, and so so sorry, you start in corporate, and then you realize, you know what, I'm gonna make a change, right? Then you went to real estate and you do started doing rentals. How did you know you had to make the the leap from rentals to commercial real estate uh, residential? So you know it's it's interesting. You know, I always say you know you always want to focus on growth. Mm -hmm. So when I came in, I knew I was going to be a power broker. You know that was that was the goal. It's all about the end goal there. So I knew I already had my eyes on being the power broker. So you have to read, um, you know, kind of like. Reverse engineer that. How am I going to be a power broker? One, I need the relationships. I need to get in front of people. So um, you can't just come out of the woodworks. You know, I was a guy. I didn't have no beard, fresh-faced kid coming out. I couldn't say, hey, give me this million-dollar listing to sell. You know, you have to, you have to build a reputation, mm -hmm. a brand there. So what I did was every time I came to present a deal to a developer, an investor, you know, one thing about me, I always stay sharp. Because in, in, this, in this industry... There's thousands of agents that are out there, and there's thousands of agents that can actually show these units when you're working on that rental side. So I always thought I was always the sharpest dressed guy, professional, and that's just how I conducted business. That's how I conduct business now, very polished. Um, so I was able to get in front of people, and I always knew I wanted to be that power broker. So I basically took, you know, I took, I, I, I kind of like, I don't know, I guess I, I, I in, the, in the sense, I basically put a few things together where one, it was the exposure 
And two, I was basically headed to, you know, the top in the sense of, all right, I know I'm after these listings. Mm -hmm. I know how much these listings cost in the building. You know, I know how much they cost on the rental side there. And, you know, the bigger part is the sale. Yeah. You look at it. I mean, rentals is volume. I know, you know, I have agents that do a ton of rental volume and they make more than buyer's agents. However, when you want to grow your business, you want to be able to throw, you know, a ball in every single bucket and know how to, you know, do every single thing in a sense there. So when you're growing, it's just a natural transgression there. So you start off with rental and then you should be growing. So if you're growing, you're going to move on to sales. Yeah. And at what level, that just determines on how big you want to go. And I just decided I wanted to go into the million dollar stuff from there. It takes a bit more sophistication. However, when you know how to present a deal and you know, if, if you look at your client's goals and you know what they're looking for, the, the deals are easier to sell. That's how I look at it. Got it. Got it. So correct me if I'm wrong. What I'm hearing is you also knew the people that you wanted to go after. So when you pick the rental, you're like, wait a minute, this person's a developer slash investor. This is who I want to go after because most likely they're going to build again. Yep. They're going to buy another home. Yep. So I might as well please this person because this person is going to constantly feed me deals. Yeah. And it's, it's a two-way street there because one, you're, you're, on, you're providing value because one, you have the clientele. You know how to present a building. You know how to market a building to make them the income on the front side. Yeah. But on the back end there, you know, they have some value because they're bringing more units into the stock. Yeah. But also, you know, they're building more. And and down the line, depending on that relationship, you know, because if, if it's a two-way relationship, you're probably going to do deals with these guys again. Yep. You know, and, and, and deal, the deals may look a little different. It may not be a sale deal or a rental deal. You may be doing a joint venture partnership. Um, you know, they may, you know, come in on one of your deals with capital. So you're building relationship. You're in the, you're in the real estate business for the long run. So having those relationships, being able to know who to call for certain deals, certain situations, maybe even partnering up with guys on deals. So one, you're looking at them as, all right, they, they're the inventory source right now. Mm. Two, they can they be your YGL and, and your YGL. No, they're your YGL. They're my YGL. Exactly. Yeah. And two, you know, they're potential future business partners as well, yeah. you know, because the real estate industry, there's a ton of agents, but the industry is very small. Um, profession, it's, it's very small when it comes to professional agents that's willing to, to work hard, stay consistent. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Um, so I want to run something by you, right? Um, in, in our brokerage, we go by the three doings. Yep. This, I, I made this up. I'm like, you could be successful and anything if you follow through doing. Yeah. So you do what everyone else is doing. Yep. Copy. Yep. Just copy. Yep. Like don't don't go in there. I'm not gonna copy him. Copy the yep. out of him. Especially if it's working. Right? It's copy. If yep. they're doing it right. Yep. Copy. Yep. Right? Then do what they stop doing. Yeah. Okay, what did it in, in your case? I don't you probably don't do two thousand uh rental listings anymore. Not right? anymore. Right. Yep. This is what he's not doing because he took went to another yep. level. Copy. Right. Pick up where he left off. Right. Right. And then three, do what no one would think of doing. Absolutely. Put that special sauce that only you could do. That's right. That innovation. Yep. 
That's our three doings. Yep. At Thumbprint, that's our simple three doings. I always said, if you could copy these three doings, you would be successful in any industry. Absolutely. Any industry. Absolutely. Um, that's so true because I, I feel like a lot of agents, they focus on reinventing the wheel. Um, and, you know, the blueprint is laid out from there. So you look at the blueprint, who's come before you, how they did it. And I always say, you know, everybody may have different paths and they, to success mm-hmm. and how they scaled up in real estate there. But I tell people, you know, I only know my way. Yeah. So I tell them my way. And they can take my way and tweak it however they like. That third doing. Yep. Yep. To get to where they are. They provide that innovation piece and see where they're going there. Um, But that's very true. You know, the blueprint's laid out. You just take that blueprint. You put a little sauce on it. Make it yours. Good to go. You know. And then I also tell them, I'm not in the real estate business. I'm in the people business. You are in the people business. You are. When you say, hey, it's it's about the house. Right. Or, or the, the, that property, eh, you're not going to go too far. Right. But when you say it's about the relationship, like you're speaking Absolutely. about, you can go far. Absolutely. That, that's so true. I always, I, and it's funny, I say that all the time. You know, you don't focus on the house. It's not about the house. It's about understanding the goals of your clients. If you understand the goals of your clients, you will have your biggest wins especially when you're putting a deal together, you know, you may have, you may have a place that's off market and you may have a guy that's looking for a place. He may, he may need to do a 1031 exchange. We'll get into that later, but he may need to do a 1031 exchange. Maybe you just sold another one of his properties. He needs to go into something within 45 days before, you know, getting hit with tax ramifications. Um, And then you may have a property where, you know, someone's selling, they need to sell it. They want to sell it. They want to go on to other ventures there. If you understand the two goals there, one guy needs to get into a property to, you know, avoid, you know, a, a gains tax. This guy or gal needs to sell a property so she can go on to her next investment. You marry the two, you're in good shape. You understand both goals. And sometimes that's a that's some of your biggest wins from there. So it's about understanding the client's goals at all times there for sure. And, that, and, and a lot of times you eat on both sides. Yeah. The, those those are some of the greatest <laughs> <Right>? deals. <laughs> I, I remember when um when I came in the game, it was short sale city. Oh yeah, short sale, short sale. <laughs> but everyone's like, "Oh, I'm out of here." But I'm like, I learned how to eat on both sides because of right. Craigslist. Right, Craigslist was in uh, was um it was almost like they was pushing to people with no agents. Yeah, so they would pop up with without an agent do the deal. I'm like, absolutely. What? Absolutely. Absolutely. That deal, 40000 That deal, 40000 yep. That deal, 40000 Absolutely. And it's keep going. So I'm like, yeah, y'all leaving. I'm staying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. think I'm going to be here for a yeah. little while. They say when everybody's right? running, you, you, run, you run closer. So Yeah. And, and you just, again, the three doing, right? Um, when I came in, I, um, I think Obama was coming in. I think Obama was coming in. He was on the second term, actually. But um, all these politician signs was up. And I'm like, hmm. Every gate, yep. every fence. Yep. So I was like, you know what? A real estate agent is as important as a a, um, a politician, a doctor, attorney. So I said, Alex E. Edwards, for your real estate agent, yep. Massachusetts most trusted. That was the brand. <laughs> that was the brand. brand. Everyone, every I seen someone down the street, up the street, on yep. the side of the street. 
Oh, that's Alex E. Edwards. Yeah. Alex E. Edwards. <laughs> Don't forget the E, right? Because I was the only fool with my, honestly, <laughs> introducing myself with the uh, middle initial. So they're like, yeah, I remember this guy because he, the only person to say Alex E. Edwards. Like, right. that was weird, but we remember right, him now, right, right? right? And it's probably because of the E as well. Exactly, yeah. right? So, so yeah, I, I definitely could relate to what you're saying. So we're going to take a quick break. Um, and when we come back, we're going to get into commercial real estate. Um, and Marquise is going to break down his whole system, um, what he's doing next, um, what he has on the market right now, and how you stay on top. See you soon. Just remember, we don't gossip. We boss up. Hey, guys. Marquise stays here, owner, broker of Stony Brook and Lennox Realty Advisors. We specialize in multifamily investment sales along with developer representation, investor representation, property management, traditional sales, and a host of other real estate services. If you have any questions, feel free to hit me up. Marquis stays. My contact information is on the screen. See you guys soon. Welcome back. Welcome back. So, all right. We're about to get into commercial real estate on a residential side, right? And I want to know step by step how to make a billion dollars, just straight real estate. How are we going to get there? How are we going to get from, all right, we was doing rentals, right? Then we jumped into doing commercial and commercial real estate, which in that's um, uh, five units and up. All right, after four, it turns into commercial. And, but how do we scale and what do we do after we go uh, commercial real estate? Do we go jump into development? Do we jump into flip, flipping? Um, what's next? Do we start building uh, communities? Um, what's next? So, Marquise Days is still here and he's going to answer those questions. Scale, scale is very important uh, in real estate there. It's just part of the growth strategy there. So, you know, I go from rental and then eventually I become the guy that's selling the multi-unit buildings. So multi-unit, we're talking three, four unit buildings there. Mm -hmm. And right now, average multi probably is about 1.1, 1.15 mil in the city there. So your average price goes up. So you start making some cash. I always say you start making some cash. You need to make some investments on, on, on your part as well. So the first place you need to invest, I always say is back into your business. Yep. Um, marketing and branding, we touched on that earlier, but marketing and branding is very important. Um, I, I, I scaled very quickly because I marketed and I branded on multiple platforms very well. So video, video is important. So ton of video um, and then social media marketing. Social, me social media, Instagram, Facebook, only place where, one of the only places where you can go in and target the audience that you're looking for. So for example, I can go in, if I'm selling a four unit building, mm -hmm. let's say I'm selling a four unit bu building, mm -hmm. um, $1.2 million, mm -hmm. I need a buyer, I already have a seller. Okay. So I'm marketing for two different things. Mm -hmm. One, I'm marketing for that buyer mm -hmm. that is going to buy that property. But how? Like how you know are you putting in where they drink coffee or like how that's, you know that a, particular buyer could afford what you're selling? That's a good point. 
So we're going for that buyer. But two, we're actually marketing for our next seller as well. Yep. Because we're exposing how we brand and market our stuff at Stony Brook and Lennox. Mm-hmm. So how are we going to target? You go into the back end of the business uh, ads manager platform. This, yep. this is in Facebook. Um, Facebook and Instagram, they, uh, you know, they're intertwined there. So I can go in and say, all right, back in the day, you used to be able to target by neighborhood. So if you have a property in, you know, Roxbury or Dorchester, you can say, all right, you can pick Roxbury, Dorchester, say, show me the buyers in this area. So what I do now is you have to go 15 miles out from the, um, area that you are targeting. So you go Roxbury 15 minutes out. So let's say you're selling a $1.4 million building in Roxbury. I can go in. I say, all right, Facebook, show this ad. It'll be an ad about me selling the building, the rent roll, the expenses, um, the upside. So the video. We'll talk about video it's a created. video. Yep. yep. So we'll do the video. Um, and the reason why we do a video is because it's like a commercial. And you can reach hundreds of thousands of people for very little. So I go I into the back end, and who am I targeting? I can say, all right, Facebook, show me people who are real estate developers Interested in real estate, real estate investors, home buyers, because you know, first time home buyers who are looking to own or occupy, mm-hmm. build some wealth there. Um, show me people who are contractors, maybe they're doing fix and flips. That's your that's your target group there. Show me people right. who are looking at Zillow. Show me people who are looking at Redfin. Show me people who are looking at Trulia. The the algorithm, Facebook's algorithm, they already know, you know, everybody who's <laughs> looking at those sites already yeah. in, in in the back end of their portals. So we create an ad. That's our target audience. I run that ad, and the people who respond to the ad, for the most part, are people who are looking to buy real estate mm-hmm. um, from there. So when they click on that ad, what I'll what I'll then do is I'll make another ad in the back end. Mm-hmm. All right, now we have an ad that says, you know, still looking for real estate, still looking for this deal. Maybe it's another video about the deal. But anybody that clicked on that ad and watched that video, they're now in my pipeline. So since they're in my pipeline, they're going to start to see my stuff and I'm going to follow them around. It's sort of like when you, you know, you look at a pair of shoes online yeah, yeah. and next thing you know, you see it somewhere else. Um, so if they click on that video, if they click on my website, um, they will see content that relates to the property, but also other deals that I have as well from there. So you target them and eventually you may get your buyer there or they may come offline other channels. Got you. So um, again... Seems like you're doing a lot. So how? And you said it yourself. Your time is everything. Yes. So are so are? Do you still have virtual assistants? And if so, where did you find the virtual assistant? I still use virtual assistants um, on my end there. So mm-hmm. they don't handle my. They don't handle the face to face with my clientele. Yep. But some of the the smaller tasks, the marketing, the marketing that, piece there. So yep. you know, when it comes to marketing, calling. Um, maybe creating media, you mm-hmm. know, marketing materials, postcards, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. I do leverage, you know, my virtual assistants on that in there. Um, I have a I have a team of about six right now in terms of agents that work under me. So we're we're a, a very robust team there. So um, it's good as well when you have the inventory because you can also give these guys opportunities to run, let's say, open houses on your buildings because they can then start to build their buyer pool and they'll come in contact mm-hmm. with other sellers in the area as well. So leveraging leveraging listings is is very important yep. in this key there. You know, you leverage your listing. You leverage your listing to get the buyer, but you're also leveraging the listing to get the next seller um, from there. What what I notice 
what I noticed on, on a project we just did, right? Um, it was in Boston Magazine and Boston.com. Mm -hmm. Other broker, other agents from different brokerages came to shoot content. Love it. <laughs> Love it. And I, I'm like, what the? But I'm like, yes, you can. Like, it, it's, it's almost, yes. Yes, exposure. I think every agent should do this. Absolutely. Even mine. So like, Absolutely. They came with no remorse, bro. Absolutely. Absolutely. But the, the one thing um, they did that was I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for, they tagged me. Yes. It's like, man, this is this is the condo mm -hmm. of condos. Like, you need to be here, buy this. But they got their content. Right. Right? So, and it's the same thing you're saying. Yeah. It's like, if I have all this inventory and a $2 million, $3 million, $4 million, First of all, anyone that walk into that door most likely could afford this. So yeah. you need to get your butt out there and market, market, market. Exactly. Because I'm bringing the clientele that exactly. you should be speaking to. Exactly. They all come in one place. Exactly. And they, they come into one place. And sometimes someone may come into one of your buildings that you're selling and they may not buy that one, but they may buy the next one or the next one there. And, and, and going back to client expectations, when people come in, I always say, you know, uh, buyers buy for different reasons, so you have to understand those goals. So I sell a ton of investment real estate, and a, a fallacy uh, that's out there is every investor is just strictly focused on cash flow from there. Every, gotcha. And cash flow is great. We love yeah. it. Um, however, when you're selling investment real estate, and, mm -hmm. and if you, you want to sell it at a high level, you need to understand all clients don't have the same goals. Now, what I mean by that is let's break it down. I may have buyer A, I may be selling the building, I may have buyer A that may be looking for cash flow. The price may be up there, you know, in terms of how much they're looking to spend. That's because they're looking to maximize their cash flow. However, this place might be in a great area, great building, great area. I may have buyer B that comes along. They're not looking for as much cash flow. However, they're looking to decrease their taxable income. So they're looking for depreciation. So depreciation is sometimes the thing that gets overlooked when people are buying investment real estate. So guys say, how do you, how did you sell that building for that much money? The reason why I sold the building for that much I was able to sell the building for that much money is because I understand a client's expectations when it comes to closing certain deals there. I understand the numbers, understand how to build a pro forma, just coming from accounting, and I understand how to break down, you know, I started from rental. So I know how much every single thing costs in the building. And I know where it's going as well. So when you're able to sell on upside, um, that allows you to sell the buildings higher, you know, from there. You can okay. sell them higher and then, you know, you also have, you, you, you appeal to your sellers much more because they say, hey, that's a guy. I want selling my buildings. Not only is he going to present it the right way, but he's also going to, you know, put his best foot forward and sell my building a different way than a lot of other brokers, you know, they're not selling. Nah, like that's, that. nah, nah, that's a big gem, bro. That was godly. You yeah. just dropped that, huh? Yeah. All right. So, so how do you know? Uh, this, all right. When you come from someone that's looking for cash flow, say this building should be at two million. Yeah. But then you're looking at someone that just needs to park their money. Right. This building could be good at this. I'm just throwing out there two point. Three. Right. Okay. How do you know where the price do you price at? At the beginning, two thousand or two point three off the rip. So I take see when I work with my clients, I take a different approach. I take an approach where one, I 
get the deal, and I reverse engineer the numbers. Yep. So I say, all right, we are getting this much for rents. Mm -hmm. um, the building has this amount for expenses. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, I create another column where I say, all right, if rents are a little under where they should be or a lot under, I say, this is where rent should be. So this is where the value should be. So you're going to be able to, you know, increase rents the next year there. But I'm looking at the numbers on the front end. And then I may say, all right, uh, a cap rate, you know, your cap rates in certain areas there. So a cap rate in Dorchester, a good one now might be a six, 6.2, somewhere in that range there. So I say, all right, this is trading at a 6.2. When you're evaluating deals, mm -hmm. you know, you have a couple of different, you know, um, formulas that you may look at. You have cap rate, and it's just basically measuring the return on your investment. You have cash on cash return, the amount of cash that's going in and the, and the amount of uh, return you're going to get on that cash. So there's different variables every investor looks at, and you have depreciation as well. So everyone's not looking at the same you know, variables there. One guy might be buying off a of cap rate. However, if you're buying off of cap rate, you got to understand if you're looking in Dorchester, your cap rate is going to be higher than let's say a downtown building. So if I'm downtown and my cap rate's at a 2.5, you're, you're not gonna make the same cash flow as a Dorchester building. However, you may have stronger appreciation on the downtown building essentially there. Um, so everyone tries to, you can't use a one size fits all uh, variable when evaluating deals. However, you have to find out what works for you. And as a broker, you have to understand, all right, everybody doesn't, you know, evaluate deals off cap rate. Uh -huh. Some guys are looking at cap rates. Some guys are looking at, you know, the depreciation, how much they can write off on their taxes. Some guys are looking at how much they can, how much they can make off of their cash, the cash on cash return, the return on the cash that they're putting in. Everybody isn't looking at the same variables. So when you understand those pieces, you, you understand, all right, this client is looking for this. So that's how you can, all right, you can guide that $2 million building or $2.3 million building their way because you know, all right, they're not looking for as much cash flow. However, they they have the money to spend. They're looking to spend the money. It's a great asset. And this provides them, maybe they're looking for a depreciation, a strong depreciation write-off. This provides them that, opposed to the guy that's looking to spend 1.8 or two. My seller may not want to move that building for two mil right now. And in all essence, if I can justify why that building is worth 2.3, and if I believe in myself being a great broker, I should be able to trade that building at 2.3 if it makes sense. Because obviously, you know, we don't make the prices. The market dictates the prices. Real estate is simply a supply and demand. Um, it runs off of supply and demand. So we don't dictate the prices. The market dictates the prices there. So if someone's willing to pay 2.3 and the rental numbers justify that, that's how much that building is worth. And if your marketing is good enough, you only need to find one buyer. And if you understand a buyer's goals, what they're looking for, if the market justifies that 2.3 number, if you're good, you should be able to move it at that number from there. Got it. Got it. So, so if once you do all your numbers, right? Yep. And you come up with this marketing plan. Yep. Right. And then you, you, Pass it to your um, virtual assistants. Yep. Uh, and you just press go? Press go. You know, it's the same thing. Over and over? Over and over at the same time. So being there. consistent. Being consistent. With the branding. Being consistent with the branding. So, you know, you know, all right, every property that comes in, whether it's a million dollar property or a $500,000 property, they get the same 
type of attention, no matter what, because that's my branding. Why am I going to show less love to a $500,000 listing where my brand is, you know, at my brokerage, our model is real estate at a high level. So everything is being done at a high level. I don't care what the price point is. So average, our average sales price is probably like 1.4 mil. But if a $500,000 listing comes in, best believe it's getting that same marketing package, the same marketing budget, the same type of exposure, because that aligns with who you are. If you throw out a crappy job on a listing, you're only as good as your last impression. So, you know, that that falls on you. That's that's your resume. Yep. They're going to look... I ain't gonna lie. I, I uh, back in the days, my friends used to c- clown me. We used to joke a lot, but we would say Alex Snitching Edwards, <laughs> right? I be on MLS. I see photos upside down. I, I see a thumb, <laughs> and I'm like, yo, I, I want to tell on. I want to tell on you. I want to tell the seller so bad. Like, why? How? <laughs> Do you see my videos? Right. Why did you go to here? Right. I don't get it, right. Right? right? Right. And I love the fact that you said, you know what? If it's if I'm selling a home for a hundred thousand versus two million, it's going to have the same marketing. I really believe in that. Yeah, it's a brand. It's a brand. You know, Jordan sneaker. It's going to get the same love of Kyrie. Sne- well, not Kyrie now. Nah, I'm saying, but, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying, Kobe. Right. Right. right? It's it's. It's it's about the product. It's about right. the brand. And sometimes it's not only about what's what's in your face. It's what's what's coming next. That is so true. And you, your your brand is your value. You know from there. So if you're if you have a buyer, if you have a seller, and you know you're we're competing with thousands of brokers. You know every single day, thousands of agents every single day. Um, so if you think about it. What separates you? What value proposition do you have for that particular buyer or seller? Um, what's what's your value prop, you know, towards them? You know that that would allow why you? them. To, yeah, why me? Why you? Yeah, right. And that has to be you know that has to be very clear and concise, and you have to wake up and make that commitment to say, all right, I'm going to do this consistently and make sure everything's in line in regards to how you're going to put yourself out there, market yourself, and market your company as well from there. So. You know, how much money you made last year? Sheesh. Is the IRS look listening to yeah, this podcast? Yeah. I went for it. <laughs> we got it. Uh, remember remember got, at the beginning, got, you put uh, your right hand. <laughs> you put your right. You was in court, bro. We got to take that number offline if the IRS is looking. I got noticed you, the big uh, podcast there. We could we, we, we uh, sales. How about this? We, we ran sales. it up. Uh, we did a, almost uh, a little over $50 million last year on in and sales? off market there in sales at the okay. brokerage there. I mean, right now I'm almost at 25 mil. We're in. We just wrapped up the first quarter, yep. so we're at 25 mil. So initially, we're going for 100 mil this year. Um, put it like that, and that's just on the real estate brokerage side there. Um, so yeah, we're looking to run it up. Okay, and so now you, you're doing uh, development and uh, flips, correct? Yeah. So basically, partnering on a ton of stuff there. So um, got a nine unit going up right now. Mm-hmm. And then also just on the flip side, I love the flips. Flips is something where, you know, you don't have that big development process in the sense of you got to wait to get zoning and go through all that great stuff there. And that zoning, the zoning part is great as well for for your larger projects. But the flips, when we do find deals that are, you know, good ones that can be kept in-house that are not being sold. Yeah, doing luxury condo developments. And also, I work with a lot of guys that sell those as well. But yeah, so you start making money in real estate, you need to see where else you need to put your money. Mm-hmm. So 
one of the places is flips and usually we see the deals first as yeah. you know yep. so we see them if they make sense um we will look to do a value add proposition from there and we've been very lucky to do pretty well on you know the flip projects there and then i'm looking to go into some larger development stuff mm -hmm. as well so you know between lots that are coming out for the city and then also just you know developing on some of the you know vacant parcels that we do see out there that come on a private market Mm. Um, there's a huge opportunity there and there's a huge opportunity to mix not only just the market side, cause I always say, you know, market rate developer. However, you know, there's a huge, um, opportunity to get in on an affordable side as well. So because are you going to go do the affordable? I'm a, I'm a, I, I'll mix them both. There, there is At the same there's time? a need, there's a need for both there. So mm -hmm. you mix both, um, from there. If a great affordable project that's 100% affordable does pop up, 100% will do it for sure. Um, but now we see you got you still have to make the numbers work as well um be enough yeah exactly. be enough units yeah yeah and and then you know you have to make the numbers work not necessarily for the profit coming to our pocket but also to make sure you're, you're not cutting back on the value of the uh, product Keith. that you're putting out because everybody deserves a great product My there. Man Keith. so you, you know that's the argument right now when I, i'm speaking um to the city they i love the city of boston I want to make it very clear. I love the city of Boston because I think it's extremely hard to be without, to not own a home in the city of Boston. Where right. I think it's extreme, like it's a choice. Real talk to be, Absolutely. do I be a rent, do I stay a rental or a homeowner? Right. That's your choice. Right. The city of Boston will pump so much money into your success. Um, it, it's, it's just, it's hard yeah. not to own in the city of Boston. Right. With that being said, I think um, affordability, a, a, some developers really used not the best material, just to be honest, mm. right? And the home falls, falls apart probably, I want to say four years, the, mm -hmm. you know, paint's peeling, mm -hmm. the outside just look horrible. Right. And you kind of could drive down the street and say, yeah, that was affordable. Right. That was affordable, right? From the outside, right? That's bad, right? It is. It's bad. That's I don't. I don't think. I don't think that's right, right? That part, and then I think affordability should be a stepping stone. Absolutely. It shouldn't be your life, absolutely. Because when we think about um, back in the days when we didn't have the opportunity to purchase homes, yep, we didn't have the opportunity to build equity, right? And affordability is not going to give you the opportunity to build massive no, equity. Because of the deed restriction. Correct. Correct, right? So I think it's a great stepping stone. It's better than renting, especially if you could get a, a, a two-family affordability. Absolutely. Affordable home. You're gone. Absolutely. Right? It makes sense because that rental piece is like, what? You're giving me this on a, on a rent and my mortgage is less than the rent? Absolutely. That makes sense. Right. But you shouldn't stay there. Right? right. Now, if you say, hey, I want to stay here. Well, okay, start buying homes. Yeah. While you're still there then. Yeah. Right? Start buying homes to build equity. Right. Mark, hey, I'm gonna flip here. I'm gonna flip here. Because once you get an affordable, you go win the lottery. Yep. You can become a developer. Yep. You become a real estate agent. Yep. You can make a million dollars a year. Absolutely. They can't kick you out. Exactly. They can't take the home from you. Exactly. But it has to, you have to have a plan. Absolutely. But if you stay in affordable for a lifetime, your kids, God forbid something happened to you. That all that equity you could have had if you kept going, it go almost go down the drain. 
I, I agree. Especially if the market, at that point, the market, say you bought this affordable at 300 and by the time you go, the market's at a million dollars. Right. Your kids are not getting 700000 No, they're not. They're not. Even if you paid it right. off. Right. So That's like a, you said, it, it's a stepping stone. It should be used as a stepping stone. And, you know, the question we have to look at is, all right, so people purchase an affordable unit. Why don't they go purchase the next piece of real estate? And a, a ton of times, it's an education gap. It's an education gap. We, we're, we're blessed. We know real estate top to bottom. We run brokerages. We've seen just about everything. Um, however, we're, we're well-versed on multiple strategies on how to build and obtain wealth in real estate. I think, you know, it's, we, it's almost on us as well where we, we have to do a better job in getting out the information and saying, hey, you bought this unit affordable. Do you know you can go buy another property? Because they may have bought it affordable conventional loan. Do you know you can go buy another property with 3.5% down FHA? Go get yourself a multifamily property, start building some wealth there, start collecting some rent, start cash flowing. And then, you know, you may get some appreciation in years to come. You pull that money out, you go get another one. Um, I, I feel like there's there's an information gap for people who are not in the business a lot of times there. Even people who are in the business, they don't realize you can do all of that there. A lot of them don't own. Yeah. And that's the other thing from there. You know. They don't own, they don't flip, they, they sell. Yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. I want to be the number one agent. I want. I woke up one day and said, "I don't want to be the number one agent. Actually, I want. I want to be. I want to. I want to hold my wealth. You want to. I don't hold want to be the person that's constantly just giving good deals away exactly. to run my numbers up. Exactly. I want to actually relax some one day and say, you know what? I built wealth for my family as well as for my neighbors, so true. my community, yep. the world. But it's like a, a nonprofit. Like, I'm not a nonprofit. Right. I can't constantly give out wealth. Right. And then it's nothing for me. Exactly. And and then, too, it's usually an information gap there. I always say, you know, my real estate business, it starts with the real estate business. From there, your business is an asset. So you generate income in your business. Once you generate income in your business, now you start to see where you deploy the capital. So if you're building your balance sheet to do bigger projects, if, you're, if you want to stay with smaller projects, you want to invest somewhere else. Maybe you want to take your money and invest it into the stock market. Um, whatever you do. It's very important to invest for the future. And it's very important to work hard now. Cause I always say, I work hard now, very hard, but I'm working for, you know, the 2033 Marquise. You know, we're in 2023. Mm -hmm. I'm working for the 2033 Marquise yeah. where, you know, 10 years later, I look back like, yeah, I'm glad I worked hard and I'm glad I did this from there. But in real estate, it's one of those things where people may see it and they say, Oh, it's it's an easy thing to do. You get into the business and, you know, you have a little reality I'm check. I'm going back to work. I'm going back to work. But <laughs> you don't realize. Sorry, yep, boss. Yep, yep. But you love me more than I love myself. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 and it comes down to a consistency thing and seeing things through. Because yeah. I always say, you know, if you you don't have any activity, there's no reason not to have any activity when yeah. you're in this business here. If you're not, you know. It's impossible. It's impossible. It, you have to do nothing. That's and so you, true. You, 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 if you sit down today and wrote a plan and you write a plan, you go something's gonna fall in your favor. Yes. No matter what. Right. But if you just say, I don't know what to do, great example. Here it goes. If you watch this video, this podcast, when you watch this podcast, and you after the podcast, you then say, I don't know what to do, that's on you. Right. That's like the least, to say the least, from absolutely. this podcast, they could put two thousand rentals up. The least. The least, absolutely. 
from watching this podcast. And you'll get big results there. That's it. You can, That's it. You can put up 2,000 rentals. You can reach out to myself. They can reach out to you. I have no problem sharing information um, when yeah. it comes to, even if they don't, even if agents don't work for my company, I give them the same type of love no matter what, as if they didn't work for my company. So I give them my whole blueprint, my whole game plan. They can come sit with me, meet with me. You can walk with me. You can take a day or two with me, three days sometimes, and see how I do things and get systems in line from there. So the podcast offers that value. Yeah, but even I think sometimes, even if I sit there and, and do the same thing, I, like like you said, your time is everything. A month later, they're like, I don't know what to do. I'm like, what? We just sat down. All right. And and that, and that huh. that's a commitment thing. Huh. So they, commitment thing. They say successful people, successful people, uh, are driven by what their commitments are, mm-hmm. and then mediocre people are driven by how they feel. So you may wake up and like you feel bad and like, oh man, I don't want to go to work today. I don't want to go in and you know whatever, make do any business, meet any people. However, successful people, you're driven by what your commitments. You're driven by your commitments. So. I wake up, I know I have commitments every single day, no matter how I'm feeling, I'm getting up, waking up, showing up, suiting up, and getting to it, regardless how I feel. And, you know, we'll figure everything else out later. That's good. That's good. Yeah, you woke up today. As long as you wake up, you're kind of unstoppable. You killed, you up, you breathing. Breathing, feeling good, blessed. What can you not, what can't you do? Once you wake up, what can't you do? That's the question. It's not what could I, what can't you do once you wake up? Right. Go to the cemetery. Ask them what they can't do. Right. Right. <laughs> That's right. simple. Right. They not. They can't respond. Right. So if you understand that, it's like, well, I might as well go hard. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you have to change your perspective sometimes there. You know, everyone looks at, you know, you can look at social media and, wow, I wish I had, I wish I was here living like this from here. But you can do that. You just got to change your perspective or maybe change your surroundings. Maybe change who you're around. Maybe change, you know, yeah. change change the, the the line of work if that's where you know if you're not succeeding and flourishing, you change something on your end and and you know you can get it. Everything's achievable and 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 it's mindset as well. Change your mindset. You have to have a go big mindset, you know, to achieve great things. All right, welcome back to Gem Drop. We don't gossip, we boss up, and you already know. Share, subscribe, and like. Like, subscribe, and share in that order or the other order. I don't care. As long as you do all three, this podcast is powered by Thumbprint Realty, real estate done right. Today, we are speaking to Marquis Days. We're talking about commercial real estate, um, and we are getting to respect your breath. I know y'all been waiting for this, so we're going to get to it. But first, I want to ask Marquise, how does he find good deals in the market actually today and then oh wow i mean good deals comes down to marketing there's a few different um you know avenues we use nowadays one is you know you hit the phone you cold call um that's one way two postcards which is you know it can get expensive but if you do it consistently you will yield results you have something called yellow letters which is basically just like a, a yellow letter version of a postcard going out to homeowners, um, and then social media, you know, getting social media, landing pages, driving traffic to landing pages is another way, um, and targeting, you know, sellers or, you know, maybe developers that are falling out of projects or don't want the project anymore. 
just getting in contact with those guys. And then also just getting on the phone with other brokers. You know, I can call you, Alex, say, hey, Alex, you guys have any deals over there? Yeah. Or, um, you know, or, or any other broker there. So it's a real estate's a contact sport. So it's basically, you know, you got to find a way to get in contact people, whether it's directly via the phone or indirectly online. Um, you have to find a way to make contact. So that, that's how we're finding deals there. And then, you know, word of mouth as well. So the referrals come in as well, but you can't rely strictly on, on referral. You got to go out and, and get the business as well. So, so. Got you. So I, I love I love the fact that how you said team, team, team. And when you say team, you're not you're not talking about only your brokerage. You're talking about the industry. Exactly. Um, another another saying at Thumbprint, we say what one could conquer, a team could. No, well, sorry, what one can achieve, a team could conquer. Absolutely. Right. I look at the Patriots. It's like they could right, right now. It's different, but. They could have switched out defense people, offense people, and still win a chip. Right. So that's just, they they more focus on team. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Because they know if they focus on team, they could get to the finish line. And that's right. And if important. they don't, if, if they focus on individual, that person get hurt, they screwed. Absolutely. Right? So what, what one uh, can achieve, a team can conquer. Absolutely. That That's very true there. Yeah. And, and teamwork within our brokerage is very important, but also just, you know, cooperating with other brokers as well. Being able to be friendly, you know, it, it helps to have friends in the real estate yeah. business area. It helps to be able to, if I put a property on at my brokerage or you put a property on, on your brokerage, it helps for me to be able to make a call and say, hey, Alex, what's going on with this property um, here and, and get the details and already have a relationship established here. So uh, one more question before we go. The fact that you 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 told you spilled a lot of gems and um wait one more thing your virtual um you didn't answer the question of virtual assistance where do you get them that's Fiverr and Upwork Upworks? you can do Fiverr and Upwork.com there okay just yep. want to throw that out um the reason why I created this podcast Gem Drop because I, I've been watching I watch a lot of podcasts right yep. and I'm like man I wish they asked this question right. I didn't get deeper. Okay, you went to a probate attorney. Where do I find a probate attorney? Google right. probate. How do I know that probate attorney is good or bad? Like it was just like vague. I'm like, man, yeah. Like yeah. only if they dug a little deeper, I guarantee they would have more views. Right, right. Um, so the question I, I, I want to ask you: You dropped a lot of gems. Are you scared of competition? Are you scared like, oh, someone's going to take everything I do and now I can't eat? Do you have that mentality? Absolutely. That's a scarcity mindset, and it's bad to have. You look at Boston, there's thousands of properties out there, and there's enough properties for everybody to eat off. And not only that, there's thousands of properties, and there's thousands of brokerages. So, yeah, you have thousands of, prop thousands of properties where that you can sell, but also, you know, you have thousands of brokers that you can also cooperate with and do deals with there. I always say, if you're scared to, um, you know, lose business because I don't win all my list. I win a ton of listing appointments, but I don't win them all. But if you're scared to lose business or someone else taking your business, you're not doing enough business, you know? So if you're, if you're, if you have multiple balls in the air, it goes back to having multiple balls in the air. If you're doing a ton of business, you're not scared of losing business there. You, you're not going to win them all because if, if you are winning them all, you're not going on enough appointments. You're not getting in front of enough people because you shouldn't be a hundred for a hundred. And you, you're staying consistent. And you're staying, I know I'm staying and consistent. And you on brand. Yep. So who going to stop you? Right. There we Even go. Even if you could, look, this is my playbook. Here, I'm still going to whoop your, 
They don't, it, yeah, you're you, unstoppable you, you, you when you're consistent in brand. You still come out to compete, but you also come out to cooperate Correct. as well from there. It's a, it's almost, you know, brokerage to brokerage, it's almost a team sport in the sense there because you can have an experience where you may be working with another brokerage and you're doing a deal together and you're like, wow, that experience was terrible. You don't want to do a deal with them from yeah. there. But at the end of the day, you know, it's it's a it's a... It's a competition sport. Real estate is a competition yep. sport. It's a competitive sport there. So you're going to go out. You're going to compete. But if you're consistent, you stay the course there. And, and you focus on your why. Like, yeah. what, is, what is your why? I wake up every day. I have a four-year-old son. Before, like, when I was building a brokerage, mm -hmm. two years before, two years before, you know, I even, I signed for a brokerage two years before I even had a broker's license. Yeah. So basically, I already knew where I was going yeah. there. So at the time, I had a two-year, my son was like two probably, somewhere around there, two or one. And I was like, all right, what I'm going to do is I'm going to open up my own shop, my own firm there. And, you know, his name is on the door. So my company is Stony Brook and Lennox. So Stony Brook is, I'm close, I'm in JP, close to the station. Lennox is my son. So Stony Brook and Lennox Realty Advisors. So when I come into the office, my Y is right there. My son's name is on the door. And it's cool when you can bring your son into your business, your office. And he goes, Dad, my name's on the window or whatever so that's cool so when you have your why in mind you're going to co-op you're going to compete with other brokerages however if you're out here you're killing it and you're doing business and moving with integrity it, you have no 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 way to go but up you unstoppable. Know, when it comes there that's the game and then you should love a little competition when it comes down to it you know the competition is great it keeps you sharp iron sharpens iron so it keeps you sharp at the end of the day from there because you're not going to get them all but if if I don't get a listing, and let's say your brokerage gets a listing. I know I can call you and see yeah. if we can make the deal work from there. Definitely. And so, you, you you talked about listings, right? How do you what do you show up with when when you you're trying to nail three million dollar listing? <laughs> so now, uh, cool. Uh, back in the days, back in the days. How about so, that? Back in the days. So um, so you know we we compare the two there. So you know back in the day when I was just getting out there building the brand building reputation, you know, you, you show up with a listing packet and that's basically just showing everything that you do. Um, and even my listing packet back then was, you know, it was very detailed. Well, worse in, 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 but the, the thing is your listing um, packet is just to guide you. When I show up and I'm speaking to an investor, I'm speaking to a homeowner, it's really there to make that connection there. You know, who cares what's in this listing packet? Why are you selling? What are your goals? That's what we're really focused on. And the listing package is just there to show what we do. Um, so back then, I used to have a listing packet, and it shows, all right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to give you aerial drone footage. We're going to, you know, list your property on multiple sites. We're going to create special property websites for you. Um, we're going to do video. We're going to do all that great stuff there. Now, when I come in, everything's much warmer for the most part and yeah. hotter where I don't have to show up with a packet anymore. You know, I may show up with the iPad and the presentations on the screen, but I don't even go through it, you know, because most of the time, you know, a know. seller or investor, they already know what I bring to the table, my value. And it's all about, all right, now this is how we're going to get the price we want. And we're basically talking about the goals and, and how we want the process to go on so the you market already run there. the numbers, of yeah, course, before always, you even go. Absolutely. So you already know this one, is what we one want. One thing I do is I run the numbers before, and um, the other thing I do is I send that listing packet to their email in advance sale. So if they're doing some bedtime reading, they already had time to kind of swing through what I do on paper because they may have seen what I did digitally, what I do digitally, but they see what I've what I do on paper, and then that they may lead the discussion like, hey, Marquise, I see that you guys, um, you know, you guys do these property websites here. Tell me more about that. Like, so, yeah, actually, okay. let me show you one, you know. Oh.
I'm gonna do something pretty cool. So I I rock with um, Hawk Visual. Uh, they do all my production when it comes to um, uh, real estate. When it comes to um, the Gem Drop podcast. Yep. This is this is pretty cool. All right. So I want you to just I want you to do this. Now everyone, you're looking at his videos. This is what he does. So let's relax. Be quiet and watch him in his video. Actually span almost 2,500 square feet each, featuring three bed, three baths in one of the units, four bed, two baths in the penthouse, ton of storage, ton of great features, meticulously designed by a great development team. Come in, let's take a look. It's time for respect your breath. And this is this question is, hey, do you respect your breath? And if so, are you living in your purpose? This is what we're asking, right? Are you respecting every time you breathe, every time you wake up, you're chasing a goal, you're chasing your future you, you're making investments in you, making this, you're just doing everything possible with your time. Um, so uh, Respect Your Breath is brought to you by Hawk Visual, our sponsor today uh, for Respect Your Breath. And um, we're here with Marquise Day. So Marquise. Do you respect your breath and why? Absolutely, absolutely. I probably respect my breath too much because I, uh, I don't sleep many hours there. Um, so it starts with hard work. As you know, that's been the theme of this podcast. Yeah, so definitely hard work. And then know, knowing you have you have a bigger purpose there. So we work in real estate. We're blessed to work in real estate. We're blessed to be successful in real estate. Multi-million dollar transactions. But, you know, the other piece is, you know, we have a we have a social impact piece as well, which is very important. So that's to give back, to give back to the communities that we sell in. Um, financial literacy is is another big thing that needs to we need to highlight that a little more, especially for our young guys and girls coming up there. Um, there, so like I'm on the board for uh, uh, City Kids, which we're highlighting a lot of financial literacy in a ton of these schools now, which is pretty cool, pretty dope um, from there. But respect your breath, I feel like that means not only what we do and the work we put in, but also how are we impacting others around us? Because if you're not impacting others around you, what are you really doing? Uh, thank you, thank you. Um, how can people contact you? Uh, so they can go on my website, my brokerage website, www.stonybrooklenox.com. Instagram, Marquise Days underscore real estate, LinkedIn, give me a call, 617-905-4014, or, you know, you may see me out in the streets, shoot me a holler. All right, great. So today we had the opportunity to speak to Marquise Days. He spoke about leaving the nine to five, jumping in to uh, rentals when he jumped into real estate. How did he get there, though? He looked at someone else's account information say wait a minute you making a lot of money what are you doing so that kind of motivated him jumped into real estate as i said went into rentals first 2000 2000 rentals at one time went through each one and said hey this is the area i want to be in this is the area i want to market but most important he picked who was selling the homes developers and investors it made sense. Well, if they sell in the home, they're going to need another project. And if they get another project, I want to sell that project or I want to rent that particular project. So he's doing that. He got more successful, more successful. But his branding never fell off when it came to rentals or when it came to selling. 
And now he's doing multi-million dollar deals constantly. Last year, he did $50 million. The first quarter this year, he did $25 million in sales. And he still hasn't fell off. He stayed consistent. He treat every client like they're the first client, their last client, the middle client. Treat everyone. Brand everything he does. And that's why he keep going. As you heard him say, I don't, I, I don't walk with packages any, listing packages anymore. They respect the brand because my brand is consistent. So and he also said one thing that's extremely important. If you need help, he's here for you because he knows and understand, well, if I help you if, and then we do a deal together, the deal should be easy because I told you what to do. And if you get a good deal, you most likely will call him like, hey, I got a deal for you. So now you now he's building that relationship inside the industry and in his brokerage. He also said with these million-dollar listings, everybody has access in my brokerage. They could do video. They could do open houses. They could send out mailers because if he win, they win. If they win, he win. So I want to say thank you for Marquise uh, Days for coming in today. Uh, dropping a lot of gems and I want to say thank you to you for watching and shout out to Thumbprint Realty and also want to say this is Gem Job and we don't gossip we boss up I love to keep speaking with you but I got shit to do see ya God told me to meet him at a runway ever since I've been taking off